is a podcast. We talk about running. We talk about other things too. So please come and join us. We hope you enjoy this. This is on the back foot. Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Back Foot with me, Alistair Wood. Joining me, we have Jamie Rutherford. Hello. Bart Shaw. Hi. And yeah. Charlie Baker. Good evening. How are we all, boys? We all all right? Yeah, good. Nice, nice, to, nice to be all back chatting with you all. It sounds like you've had a sheltered week, Jamie. You sound a bit too excited. Well, yeah, I guess it feels... I feel like, I guess, with the, uh, with the clocks... The clock's changing at the weekend. This week's like been the first week when I've left work in the dark and come home and had to like do all my runs in the dark and haven't really seen anyone. Sheffield's gone into tier three. So this week's felt like a bit more like of a, a bit of a step backwards, a bit of a... So it is, it is nice, even though you are virtually miles away from me. It's only a screen. It is nice to see you all again and have a have a chat. Thanks, mate. That's nice. I, I I kind of feel your pain with this week. I actually, Emma, my other half, and I booked this week off about three months ago um, to go down to Wales um, for a last hurrah before leaving it till Christmas. But then obviously Wales went into full lockdown last Friday, and then Sheffield went up into tier three. So we've had our first week of annual leave for three months, and we've just stayed in Sheffield and not been able to do anything. Which and the weather's been rubbish. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, not great. Uh, yeah, it definitely feels like winter now. I feel like autumn is kind of gone. <laughs> it's just dark, cold, boring, miserable. I'd like the weather to make mine up, like, really. It's fine to run You're enjoying it, but Say again. I was just saying, are you enjoying it? I think I talked over you a little bit there, but... No worries. Yeah, no, I quite like running in the autumn. And, and the winter, actually. Yeah, I was going to say I'd like the weather to make its mind up. I, my friend at work said, "Oh, it's really cold. I can't believe you're going out running." So I put on my like warmest tights tonight, and then I put my coat on and a little buff and I'm a head torch and set off, and just like sweated for the first twenty minutes of the run because I was way too hot and it actually wasn't that cold tonight. So then I'm running around my hand like phone it um phone wrapped up in my coat in my hand and I was just like this is really annoying. Yeah, I feel you, mate. I, I, this is actually something this time of year always baffles me that I think I must run particularly hot because the amount of times I go out running and see people in full tights, waterproof jacket when it's not raining, just ambling along, not sweating. Like, unless it's <laughs> minus four degrees, I need to be in a pair of shorts and long sleeve top m- at most. I don't know how people just cruise around in waterproofs and tights all day. I just can't do it. I feel like I, I used to be like you. I used to be like, yeah, no, unless it's icy and and I'm going to the South Pole, it's shorts and a vest kind of thing. But I think like I'm, I don't know. I've turned a corner now, and I'm almost the opposite. I'll, I'd rather just start out warm and not even have to like brace myself for five minutes and then just get a bit too hot and then just take some stuff off and carry it. I think I'm just too much. Yeah, I was going to say, because once once you've started, you are in a bit of no man's land. And I I once stashed one of my favourite coats in the woods um, just up from Bingham Park. And I came back 20 minutes later and it had gone. So (laughs) that was particularly sad. Sad turn of events. Surprise me, Bex. Are you sure you were looking in the right place? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I, I'd taken, I'd taken the note of it mentally. <laughs> oh dear! I think the problem for you, Ali, is he's just a sweaty guy. Joking apart, you're saying that as a bit of a, a bit of a, a dig, but yes, it's true. You were talking. You said you've been on the, you've been on the turbo generator earlier. Like that must be, that must be a sweaty. How do you get the temperature? Right, you like have to open all the windows, and or is it? Oh, it's in your sheds, isn't? Is that right? This is it because I'm a tight northerner. I have it in the shed, so it's freezing cold when I start. But although I'm quite sad with my shed and yeah. with my bikes and stuff, so in my shed I've got mains electrics, a dehumidifier, and a, and a radiator in there. Um, and unfortunately, I forgot to turn the thermostat down. So halfway through my session, the radiator turned on, which <laughs> which really wasn't great. Which is why I think I'm so hot. Yeah, for listeners, I'm I'm sat in the spare room at the moment and I'm overheated. I'm very close to taking my top off, but I might not just, yeah, just for the moment. I'm actually roasting. For for listeners, there is no YouTube footage of this podcast. (laughs) It it is purely an audio format. Hey, well, I've I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently and they're all going down the the Patreon thing where you, you, they get extra paid content. If you pay £5 a month, they get additional extras. Just saying, guys, it's, you know... Christmas coming up. We need the extra money. Yeah, one. Yeah, you would be one additional I'll extra. Product, <laughs> I'll I'll contribute some money towards some listeners. If uh, I, yeah. How much would you pay, Bakers? How deep's your wallet? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, not not huge amounts. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, how's your how's your training been going? At, anyways, Bake, since since the great marathon of uh, of twenty twenty, how, how your legs been since then? Since we last spoke. I'm back after a few, uh, a full two weeks of cake and uh, just just sitting around. I'm I'm back out there and I'm loving it, really enjoying it. You're not going to take up your international race walking career if you left that behind. <laughs> yeah, no, at the minute, just just sticking with the running, just sticking to what I know. I don't want to mess up international race walking just yet. How about you, Barty? What you been up to? You got anything you're aiming at at the moment, or is it just keep ticking over through the winter months? God no what's going to happen it's all very uncertain isn't it so yeah just just trying to get out and running a bit uh yeah climbing i'll be getting out on my bike a bit more um uh did i tell you i've 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 i've, um, I've subscribed to a year of Eurosport. so uh <laughs> i've been watching more cycling than normal and it's it's got me very very uh inspired <laughs> Um, I must say, Bart, I think, I think every day I've had a WhatsApp from you about the cycling. It's making me wonder how hard you're working at the moment, or are you just watching the, the Giro and the Vuelta on your laptop the whole time? Uh, no, I do love it. It's great. I was really I was gutted today uh, because I've got a, uh, like a fantasy team uh, the Vuelta, and uh, my sprinter is Sam Bennett. I mean, like, no originality there pretty much like odds on favourite every time there's a sprint. But he got disqualified today. I'm not disqualified from the whole race. He got like his his win take his stage win taken off him. Sort of like he should he should have a look at it on YouTube. He's he shoulder barges someone like properly you know if it was if it was rugby I think there'd be some eyebrows raised raised, you know it's like proper full full contact. Yeah, so, where are yeah, you? Uh, where are you recording from, Bart? It sounds like you're recording from 1994, mate. <laughs> you're very quiet, Bart. Very quiet and a bit laggy. Yeah, it's our internet. 
got the uh, changed internet provider. Yeah, we had a honeymoon period of about a month where it worked well, and then not working anymore. Yeah, sorry, right. we'll just we'll just get Jamie to turn the volume up on your on your microphone. I know that'd be a really easy job, won't it, Jamie? <laughs> We'll boost it, it'll be all right. Yeah. I don't know, not if he's going to talk about cycling. I mean, after <laughs> we talk about running. <laughs> well, I must say, I'm, I, I say I've been on the turbo tonight and I've been bike crazy since we last spoke. I've not really done any running at all. I think oh, I've just no, suddenly, got, I suddenly got the cycling bug again. So I've, I've been out on one or two runs a week. And other than that, I've been hammering the, the miles on Zwift recently. Does that cross over for you? Will you, will you find yourself fitter when you put the trainers back on or uh yeah I'll definitely I definitely will I'll feel I'll definitely be stronger on the hills and stuff the only thing I struggle with coming back to running is I've I've got a dodgy ankle that I've had for years and years and years um so I always struggle with that when I transition back to running again but it definitely it definitely transfers and I think for me I'm slow enough at running that it doesn't really matter too much I know a lot of runners when they start cycling lose a bit of their, their condition but I I'm average I enough that it doesn't matter I would have thought you'd run more over the winter and enjoy the bike in the summer when it's not icy wet and all the horrible things that I thought were probably worse for cyclists I think technically that should be how it works but um I don't think my brain works like that I, to be honest my cycling to running love and hate it just goes sporadically I'd normally have six weeks on one six weeks on the other I really should stop trying to do that but you know <laughs> I think considering there's no races on at the moment I'm just kind of if I want to do it then I'll do it kind of thing I get that at the minute. Like I, f- I feel like I'm just flip-flopping so much in trying to, trying to decide what to do with running. Yeah, I mean, so much so that I might even go for a bike ride. One of us, one of us, shave your legs, shave your legs. <sighs> it's just, I, don't, I feel like every time... Uh, let's go out on the back foot, the back foot bike rides. Let's go out, let's do... Yeah, the very foundation. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we get. Let's. We need a good guest on. We need a good guest on this podcast because clearly the last guest was diabolical and has made you all uninspired and not want we to. Won't give it up <laughs> Whereas everybody, every other guest we've had on, everybody's gone away and gone. Yeah, yeah, that really makes me want to be a runner. Whereas the last shoddy guest that we had has obviously put you all off and turning you on to cycling. So I hope if we get a nice guest who's actually inspiring, then... Uh, yeah, who are we yeah. getting? Who's on? Well, I so say you, you've timed that very well, actually, because through the, uh, the wonders of technology, we're actually recording this on Zoom, and on the participants list, our guest has just arrived. He's in the waiting room. He's in the green room at the moment. If we're on Jonathan Ross, he'd be sat in a, a can of Stella or something. But if I do, got him champagne or... I didn't really get that, Mark. Your internet is rubbish, mate. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, without further ado, I'll add him into the room and through Jamie's slick editing, we'll have a a lovely, lovely intro. How are you doing? Not so bad. How are you? All right. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Thank you for joining us. All right. No worries. There's tons of us there. It's right. All party. We know how to do it in Sheffield. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Yeah. How are things anyway? How's your week been so far? It's been alright. I'm on. I'm on a half term of teach, so I've just been um, just enjoying this lovely weather we've got going on. Yeah, yeah, lovely weather, weather and lovely like, weather and lovely lockdown. Yeah, shite, isn't it? But oh well, <laughs> we're living in. So <laughs> yeah, how's things going with you guys? You've been busy as well, or 
Well, we've we've just been saying that we've all uh, for, for a bunch of guys that do a running podcast, we're, we're all a bit demotivated at the minute, and most of us are considering taking up cycling. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can, um, I'm actually going cycling tomorrow. I'm meeting some mates over in um, Marie to go cycling. Yeah, it's boring. It can't be us running. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> What's the point exactly? I think that sums up this podcast quite well. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. Screw it. God, you weren't going to say that because Charlie was saying, "Oh, it's going to be great. We're going to get our next guest on and." Uh, hopefully he's going to be the, the one that motivates us all to go out and do something <laughs> awesome. And you just come on and, and literally he's like, nah, get on the bike. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard, isn't it, though? It is hard. Are you yeah. on some kind of rest period at the moment, George, after your recent Not run? Not so much. No, I just... No, not having a break. I, yeah, the first time, the first time in my life, I just, I genuinely can't be out running. Just like, look out the window, especially when it's like this, you know, you look out the window, you think, oh... You know, I just have just just have an extra day <laughs> and come back to it on Monday because Monday's a you know fresh start for a week. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. For for our listeners who are you know who are, who are listening in at the minute and um, they might not understand necessarily why you're feeling so tired, George. I just thought I'd, I'd do a quick introduction again and just talk a little bit about why specifically we've asked you to come on and 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 go from there. So for the people that don't know, yeah, George has just just gone for a quick jog around the Lake District. Um, and is setting the new British record for the Bob Graham round. You might have heard us talking about the Bob Graham round previously on the podcast. Um, it's a, a Lake District fell running challenge that's been been going for some time. That's a case of essentially trying to traverse 42 fells, 42 peaks in the Lake Districts within a 24-hour period. You have to do it under 24 hours. You can do it as fast as you want, but no slower than 24 hours. Um, you start and finish at the moot hall and it's about 66 miles thereabouts depending on what route you take for, for a while the record was held by a, a local uh, runner called Billy Bland and then some Spanish fella broke the record a couple of years ago and did quite a fast one and then and then yeah George our our guest today came along a couple of weeks ago and absolutely smashed it essentially George you ran you ran around in 13 hours and 44 minutes is that right yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's that's essentially a British record and second fastest time ever. I'm going to call it the first fastest time. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I'm discounting Killian Johnny's. I, I think it's incredible. And um, yeah, so first of all, well done. But I'm I'm going to go in with a simple question: Was it hard? <laughs> um, yeah. No. Yeah. It, it it was. Yeah. Like the actual the actual pace didn't seem too bad genuinely it didn't, didn't seem like I was exactly motoring along but it, it yeah it's I mean it's hard like you're on your feet for not shy of 14 hours really and you know that's going to be hard for anyone I think isn't it but um <laughs> yeah it was yeah pretty pretty miserable towards the end at, at times not miserable in the sense I was hating it but just was that because you were running with Kim Collison is he that boring yeah, yeah. no no just um yeah in fact we got to the last leg and um the other day I was chatting to, to Ben um, Abdono, um one of the paces on leg three, and he was saying, um, I can't remember who he was chatting to, like one of the lads that was on leg five of me, and uh, he was saying, George isn't saying much, is he? He seems pretty pretty pissed off. And I was just like, well, yeah, you know, like, I think you're going to be after <laughs> after that amount of time. You know, I, was, I wasn't in a, in a happy place, let's put it that way. But um, it was stressful, you know, it was, yeah, stressful sort of. I was, that was going to be my next question, actually. Was it kind of a, a stressful thing? Obviously, you, I presume you went in with a, a time in mind. Yeah. Um, 
was it kind of, were you chasing a time? Did you kind of find yourself ahead of the clock a lot of the time and you surprised yourself or was it really kind of leg four, leg five, like, right, okay, guys, we need to crack on here and make sure I get in, you know, how, how was that side of things for you? Um, I mean, yeah, I had, had an idea. So I didn't, I didn't start properly thinking about doing the round um, again until sort of start September. So the, um, the British trials for the, um, for the World Mountain Running Championships was scheduled for the third week in September in Scotland and it got, it got cancelled um, the first week of September pretty much. So then it was like, well, you know, there's nothing else doing now, is there? So <laughs> need to think of something to, to kind of use the fitness that I've been build, building up over the, over the lockdown period, really. Um, so penciled it in for then. Um, had like a, a rough idea of the sort of time. So thinking, you know, based on times that other people I knew had, had done it in and all that sort of stuff throughout that, that sort of summer period, I thought maybe 15 hours ago for that. And then went round it on a recce. Um, we had two really nice weekends last weekend in September. Um, and went round it the first weekend, just obviously carrying all kit and all that sort of stuff. And it was, it was decent, you know, going around at 15 hour pace and felt, felt comfortable on it, carrying all that gear and that. And then the week after, we had really nice weather again. So went out on Friday, ran leg one and two with Jacob Adkin. Um, and then three, four, five, just by myself. Um, and got round the cumulative time for those two was 13 and a half hours, I think it was. Um, so I thought, well, you know, maybe adjust the, the schedule a bit. So I brought it, brought it down by an hour. So I looked at sort of 14 hours just over. Um, and then when we were running, really, it was just... Didn't do too much clock watching. It was just you know it felt easier because we weren't carrying all the kit and that. And uh, we got to we got to end of leg two, and I was I need to be at leg two by sort of ten o'clock. That changeover um, need to be at Wasdale by sort of two o'clock. Need to be at Honister by sort of five o'clock, and then probably game on from Honister if you get there for five or before five. And yeah, we we're up pretty much every time, um, which was good. And then um, it was only really once we got to Honister I thought. <clears throat> could probably get under Billy's time here so best best get a bit of a shift on and it just gets it got properly stressful you know I wasn't I wasn't happy well not not happy but I was just kind of a bit worried almost like running scared you know if you're in a race and you got someone on, on your heels it was that sort of thing it was like the the ghost of Billy pretty much um, chasing me around and uh, yeah it wasn't only it was probably a point scale um a mile away from from Moot Hall that I was like okay I could probably get under under the time now, or, or felt comfortable under the time anyway. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a weird little last section, that isn't it, along the road? Yeah. I'd imagine along that road section, I think for anyone doing a bob, must be must be pretty surreal. Kind of once you hit the road, and you know you're nearly home. But I, I suppose if you were chasing Billy's time, or you know, that must have been pretty pretty intense. You know, through that last sort of section on the road. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, it was quite nice because I'd been cramping up in my calves from sort of midway through leg two towards the end of leg two. So it was nice just to have that stable sort of surface you know the time at road and be able to run relatively freely on it and I think we clocked up some some decent sort of like club runner times on the road on the way back (laughs) so um yeah it was good it was good and then obviously at the end you just yeah it was nice to that sort of um it wasn't relief at, at having gotten in the time it was more just like um just a nice feeling like one of those things that hits you straight away like you're, you're never gonna have a day like that ever again you know with with your mates and beautiful weather and getting that time and you know all that sort of stuff it's quite a satisfying sort of feeling really um at the end of it which is 
which was good. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I'm just I'm just going to draw back to what you said about the two nice weekends that you had at the end of September. So prior to running a record-breaking round, you went and ran two other Bob Graham rounds in the build-up to that. And on one of them, you actually ran a faster time than you did overall. Did you say when you did the bit with Jacob, you ran a thirteen thirty? It's like a cumulative one, yeah, yeah. So leg one and two, and then the next day with you know. Oh, okay, split over two days. Now breath. Oh, you're saying, oh yeah, just you went and did a little test over and just. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, that would have been good. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have been happy with that. It's it's incredible because it, it's just it's really hard to compute again because like you, the way that you've described it, it sounds really nonchalant. You know, all right, yeah, it was a bit tiring at the end on leg five or whatever, but it's just bonkers. It's it's nuts, man. You've just yeah. come out and absolutely smashed it. It's it's so epic, so cool. It, I think I think part of it is, and it, I don't. It's not it's not false modesty or anything like that. It's I just think there's there's better runners out there that could do a faster time. There really is. It's, it's not like yeah, I've, like I said, I'm not I'm not being yeah daft about it or anything. But th- there's just people that I just think of. I could I could give you well yeah five names off the top. Call of them head. out. Call them out. Do it. Call them out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, this is like this is like boxing promotion. Yeah. Oh, that's, Bart, that's Bart Shaw. That's Jamie Rutherford. Um, yeah, you, can, you, you, you can fuck you right off. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Maybe Timmy Wilde. Yeah, and you There you go. Get around it. I mean, it, it is it is really interesting because again, not not to take anything away from you, George, but I, I guess the, there are lots of you know lots of names within the fell running community, and. I mean, I don't, I don't do any of the champs races and things like that. So I, I didn't know your name all that well until like recently from just seeing a few races and I'd never, I'd not heard your name be bandied around in terms of people saying, Oh, who would you, who would you get out to, who would you pick to be the next person to do like a quick, a quick round. So I think it's really epic that you've almost, to, to me, it seems like you've kind of just come up and done it. And it's, again, it's so cool. I think that's what's really wicked about fell running, you know, people can give all these names. So you could pick five people, we could say names, but then I still think there's probably going to be someone out there as well that you might not even know of or hear of that could still oh, come yeah, and yeah. do yeah. it. It's so wicked. I think you're right. Yeah, it, it, it is really good that there's there's always someone better than you. There's always someone faster than you. And and you just don't know who they are yet. That, that's, the, that's the awesome thing. And, you know, um, I think Felwyn has got that more than most other sports because it, it is just... At, at its root, at its heart, it's very low key, isn't it? And just uh, just turn up and run type thing. And that's that's been the attitude, certainly with a lot of Bob Graham's. You know, there's, there's people. There were people out last weekend running Bob Graham's. Well, you know, I, I didn't necessarily know the names or anything, but they, they go out and do it, and that's epic in itself, isn't it? You know, just just getting around the thing is is, is pretty awesome. You know, it's a pinnacle of of what a lot of kind of fair runners do, I guess, isn't it? Those those rounds in Scotland, you got the Ramsey round, and then Paddy Buckley in Wales, and that. And for, for them, it's just you know, there's so many awesome people going out and, and just doing them. Um, and like you say, you just, names you might never hear of or whatever. And it's, yeah, it's, um, it's not a bad, not a bad spot to be in if that's the, um, that's a sort of benchmark or that's a sort of, that's a, that's a, like a normal thing, isn't it? For a lot of people. Just to I think, I think it, the, the Bob and those rounds kind of sum up, I think why I love fell running and off-road running more than anything else. And the fact that, you know, I've, helped one one of my friends on on the round and I know the guys have done probably a few more than me but and I'm sure you had it with your mates that helped you along is it's everyone's kind of fighting for one thing for almost for someone else 
Um, yeah. You know, and I'm sure when you finished, it was probably like, yeah, I did that. But equally, obviously, you'll have had all your mates there with you all day. You know, everyone's been working really hard to help you out through the goodness, and they'll all kind of lived vicariously through you. Um, I just think I think I love the rounds probably more so than races and things because it is yeah. it just kind of sums the sport up more more than anything else. Um, I guess it's almost like like cycling. You know, we were talking before you came on about road cycling and stuff, and it's kind of like that domestique. You know, they're carrying your kit for you. They're going to flog themselves up the hills and pick lines for you and stuff to kind of sacrifice themselves. I guess it's that kind of chivalrous kind of thing. I, I, I just love that side of things with, with the rounds. It's great. It's, it's massively humbling. It's like, I mean, leg one and two, I had the European mountain running champion <laughs> like carrying food for me, you know, it's, and, and you've got Kim Collison, the, the lakes 24 hour record holder on leg four, carrying a, a bottle of like a litre and a half bottle of Coke. And I only had about, half a litre of it and he was carrying a flat bottle of coat around with him he, like, he, he couldn't fit it into his bag you know it's just carrying his hand it's like England internationals you know like race winners of Jura all this sort of stuff and just you know they're, they're, they're at your beck and call like you're you're their master for the day <laughs> it's, it's bizarre it's a bizarre dynamic but it's it's amazingly humbling and like you, you, you cannot unless you're Finley Wild doing the Ramsey round solo and supported you, you cannot get round mm. I mean, I, I couldn't have got that time if it weren't for those guys helping out. And they, they give up their day. And um, even the people that, that drive around to, I mean, I had quite minimal support at the road crossings just because it was, didn't, didn't want it to be like a, you know, put people out and have a, have a big deal with it. But um, um, Britta Sendelhoff, um, Ben Abdenau's girlfriend, drove around to Wasdale and provided road support there for us. And it was just like, just volunteered to do it. Didn't, you know, didn't really, didn't think to ask anyone, didn't really want to ask anyone. And she was like, yeah, that's, that's fine. If you need people going around or food dropping off and she didn't have to do that. You know, she had other mm. stuff doing on the Sunday. It was a beautiful day. And yeah, it's amazing. Really, really cool place to, to, to be in and, and a, a cool kind of community to be involved with. Definitely. So, Did yeah. you find that having, you know, running with, um, with Kim and, and you mentioned your, your, your leg one and two runners um, and obviously kind of they're, they're their running pedigree to an extent did you find them coaching you on the way around and like trying to give you advice or did they let you let you run and do your run you know as you wanted to or was there any kind of did they have to hold you back or or push you on a bit how did it unfold um, it was it was good like they they, they all kind of they all kind of know the score in that sort of sense like they i guess they could they gave advice without being pushy probably the um, the, the pushiest, but I don't mean it in a bad way. The pushiest was on leg two with um, a lad called Neil Talbot, who's um, really, really good mountain marathon sort of arm sort of um, elite category sort of runner. Really, really good. Um, and he was he was being quite um, vocal about my splits, just saying like you know you're, you're three minutes up, you're four minutes up, you're two minutes up, whatever on each on each of the tops. And it was. At the time, I was thinking, oh, yeah, right, yeah, I don't, I don't need micromanaging. But that was like the anchor leg. If, if I'd kept on going how I felt on leg one, on leg two, I'd have blown up by leg three and leg four. And he just kind of kept a lid on things. And it was just, it's the thing, looking back on it, that probably saved the day in that sort of sense, in terms of getting around in that, in that sort of time. Um, so he was, he was great. But, I mean, everyone, they're not always big speakers or big talkers, but they were just, they just know the crack. You know, they were... Um, encouraging you to take on a bit of food having a bit of crack with you just um shutting up when they when they kind of sense to to 
that they didn't need to talk, you know, <laughs> and it was just quite nice. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. Just having like-minded people that kind of knew what was going on really in that sort of sense. Yeah. Uh, Neil was the voice of discipline then he was. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, can you hire him out? <laughs> yeah, well, I you, think Charlie needs him. him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a very good guy. That'd be good to get Charlie to listen to him. <laughs> with, 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 with the run, George, like um, I think what you're describing, you know, at the end, uh, people were saying, "Oh, he's 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 not super cheerful at the minute." It sort of falls into that category of is it type two fun where it's not always enjoyable during, but you enjoy it afterwards, and obviously, like you know, you were doing something pretty special on the day. So you, you were kind of working at, at one point, like, you know, you weren't, couldn't be expected to entertain everybody. Um, but were there some points during the run where actually you did have 30 seconds just to go, oh God, I'm, I'm loving this. Or, or was it just solid work all the way through? Any, any moments you can sort of pick out from the day which were like uplifting for you? um yeah definitely yeah yeah I mean, yeah it it did feel a bit like um a bit like you're on a mission you know you're kind of concentrating on on eating drinking and and just trying to stay relaxed in it but yeah i mean the the climb up from from the cold you on leg one up to um top of blancather we've just got the sunrises we're getting up to um probably about halfway up towards sort of full crag um and then onto summit and we got sunrise and it was absolutely incredible like yeah just one of those amazing sort of like wow moments you know and um so we we seen that and then that was soon forgotten because my head torch decided at the top of Blancathra to, to stop working <laughs> so do, doing that descent down the parachute drop was was pretty pretty interesting luckily it was it was light enough to be able to see where you're going and we managed to get down um pretty quick um apart from Billy Cartwright who ended up pretty much back in the moment in um in Keswick. I don't know where he went. <laughs> Just turn right. It, I don't think it'd ever yes, been that. Really, what a guy. Yeah, 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 out, really out. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> top, top guy. Yeah, I just didn't see him. <laughs> just, just from Blencather onwards pretty much. Um and then uh leg two with Neil Talbot. Uh, Jacob um was feeling a bit ill actually kind of start of leg two. So he 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 dropped back um and then sacked it kind of at, sort of great dod really so relatively soon into um leg two but so so me and talbot um me and neil sorry carried on and um so one of them is it broken specter or broken specter or something like that one of those like, really rare things really um so we actually stopped and we just like looking at it for a minute like, oh, you know <laughs> no, but it was, again you know you don't get that every day um and that was a that was a good omen um and then leg two swearing and and effing and jeffing because my legs were cramping and I was trying to take my shoes off. <laughs> that was a highlight, was it? <laughs> that was a highlight, yeah. Because Where was your legs? <laughs> yeah, just having a having a right little paddy. And uh, um, yeah, uh, going up U Barrow was quite good as well. That's usually like the, the worst bit of the round. Are you sure? Were you not delu- Is that delusion there? <laughs> no, no, it felt, felt really good. It was um, a bit a bit perverse almost because I had Kim and, and Cal Tinian on that leg and we were going up quite quite hard and they were trying to trying to chat and all that sort of stuff and I could hear them breathing quite heavily and I was like oh that's that's probably a good sign if they're if they're on the on the ropes a bit going up here um, <laughs> so yeah I think you know you're going well if you're beating or not beating them up the hill but um yeah if they're hopping and puffing so yeah 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 what I, mean, I, know just... is, I think we've got this barometer of of how good you're finding I think when we were helping a friend of ours Steve Franklin on his bob 
Oh yeah, yeah. Um, leg start of leg five from the slate nine up onto yeah. Dale head. Um, Charlie decided to turn on the boombox <laughs> and play. What was it you played, Charlie? Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, nice. um, and and very very swiftly got told to shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> if, if hypothetically, when you were in your state, you were at the start of leg five, Charlie had started playing Bohemian Rhapsody up onto Dalehead, how would you have found that, do you think? And be, be brutally honest. Um, I probably would have been all right with it, to be honest, I think. <laughs> Love it, George. I think, I think it would have been all right, yeah. I'm not sure. It, it was... Um, yeah, it was a bit between Heinzgarth and Robinson. You know that dip where you got, you know, it's not yeah. on the last peak. That was the bit where I was kind of concentrating and I think a couple of people were just like, I asked for a bit of food or something and they were, they were too far away to get it to me. Like right there and then I had a bit of an internal, <laughs> internal flash. I was just like, Bastards. <laughs> and it was like, you know, it's a gel. Went, know, went full diva, went full Mariah Carey. I like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Just, just in my head though, just in my head. I didn't, I didn't dare boast. Oh, that's all right. Um, but I was just like, and then I just got a grip and I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> You're only an hour away from getting home. You know, it's it. not that bad. Yeah. Love it. And what was, as so we, we always have a, a simple question on this is what, what was your food of choice? We've had various kind of foods of choice from marathon bars to cold pizza to Vimto bars. Do you have any kind of, you know, little secrets that you, you love taking away with you when you're on your long, long little jogs out? I, I just kind of used um, just lots of gels and that. So, um, but the, the thing that the absolute game changer was rice pudding. at um, it was still, yeah. Ah. Yeah. yeah old. Cold, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for the rice pudding. I guess, I suppose it must be quite like quite easy to get down. I guess you don't have to chew it particularly, do you? And it can be quite a nice. Yeah, no, it was it was, it was like vanilla baby food. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've yeah, had a I've had a canoeing expedition once where I had cold rice pudding with nice biscuits. That was that was a really good end of like end of the day treat. So I'm yeah, actually, that'd be really. Dare I ask why you were on a canoeing expedition, Charlie? Or is this going to be a ten-hour-long no, story yeah. about the time you went to Timbuktu on a gap year? <laughs> nah, just my dad had a canoe and occasionally <laughs> <laughs> let me go out on it. That was that was as good as that one goes. Charlie went for a short paddle, got lost, ended up in Panama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was all right. Yeah. George, where did where did it all start out for you? When did you get into running? What what brought you to um, running or fell running, whatever you want to tell it? Um, so I I've probably been running since primary school. I did eight hundred meters. That was the the longest we could do at primary school was eight hundred meters. And I remember doing that and always being second to this one lad. <laughs> and then um, high school went into sort of cross country and was always third to these other two lads got kind of did like district and sort of county sort of stuff with them um and then university didn't didn't do any running at all got got well into like rock climbing and all that sort of stuff and just loved being out in the in the mountains so I was up in Scotland for that um, for university and um so four years of just dicking about basically and just going climbing um and then there was a there was a fell race that they did every year um up onto I can't remember what it's called now Demayat, Demayat Hill Race. Um, and that's that ran out the back of our halls pretty much where we stayed in first year. So I did that in first year and all, all the guys I was living on halls with put a banner up just saying, George, you're shit. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> and that was like the spirit of, of, of hill running or whatever. And I just thought that's quite nice. And, you know, and, that's, and then found out that's what the rest of the sort of hill running community is like as well, just sort of 
you know, tongue in cheek, laid back and all that sort of stuff. So that's something I quite enjoy. Obviously enjoy running. Um, I had that background in running from, from a young age. And then after university, um, took it up from there, really got more into sort of fell running. Um, and probably really from 2010, 2011, got to start doing races. First race was Langdale Horseshoe. Um, so I used to work down at the old Dungeon Gill down at Langdale. Um, and then just got into it from there pretty much. And I'm probably, um, sacked off climbing when I joined the army because, um, they're more into running than, than climbing. Um, so running every day in boots and all that sort of stuff and found that I was, I was getting faster and, and all that sort of stuff. And, um, kind of towards the, the last year that I was in the army. So I left the army in 2018. So from 2017, I got, um, got involved with Martin Cox, um, coaching. So, you know, I felt like I wanted to invest a bit more into, into my running to see how good I could get or, or, you know, see, see where the limits were pretty much, um, personally. And then since then, it's just been, you know, up, up, up really in, in terms of progression, um, for, for me on running. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really good. And, uh, yes, the results are starting to, starting to kind of get there. I think hopefully if we can keep it up, start to <laughs> trouble up the, um, you know, the, yeah, the top end of these car races. I'd, I'd That'd be nice. doing something right, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, how, how are you in terms of your kind of general training? Obviously, like you say, you've, you've kind of do have a bit of coaching and this, that and the other, but obviously we started the conversation off with running scrap. I can't be asked. Are you the kind of person that, generally speaking is bish bash bosh that's my weekly plan and you're super motivated to get out and do it or you're the kind of person that every now and then you need to have a bit of a okay I'm struggling a bit here or I need a bit of motivation to do it or you you find you're pretty good at just bashing out miles and, and training as and when you need it yeah yeah pretty much yeah the, the the first one yeah just I just really like um the whole point of it was just see how far I could go I'm not not asked about winning races necessarily it's it's nice to see your training come off and I, and I love racing the competitive side of it but yeah this is like I was saying this is the first time I think I've ever felt not like I can't be asked running that was probably a bit too strong but I just you know I, I don't I don't need to run right now I've you know, got a couple of little niggles after the other week and you know I'd, maybe normally I'd be more inclined to not push through them but to to test them out a bit earlier than maybe I needed to. Now I'm just like, well, I'll just take the time just to rest and that and, and make sure I'm, I'm, when I do get back into full training, I'm, I'm enjoying it for, for what it is rather than feel like I need to. Yeah. And maybe there's a bit of a danger of that in the past, but no, I've, I've never really, I've never lacked the motivation for it. I just really enjoy, really enjoy training and, and everything that comes from that as well. You know, um, the races are good to see how your training's progressing, you know, and, and how you're progressing with it. Um, but no, never, never really struggled with motivation. And even now, this is just a little blip. It's not like I'll have four months off and come back you know, as a, like a fat knacker and <laughs> you know, like rolling around the fells. But um, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe another week or so just to let things settle down and get back into it. I think, hopefully. Yeah, you get hungry for it again, don't you? I mean, rest yeah, is all yeah. about the mind as well, isn't it? Just yeah, it. I think it's important to have a to have a good break sometimes, you know, and just come back to it for the right reasons and. And, and enjoy it again because you know there's no you, you wouldn't drag yourself out at six a.m. in the rain if you didn't enjoy it, would you? So, <laughs> or if you you know, like if you are, you're doing something wrong. So, you mentioned that you you know you spent some time in the army, George, and I, I know uh, I, I suppose all the armed forces 
aside from your actual role, they focus a lot on PT mm. and, you know, being fit, fit for service. Um, do, you, do you think there's an element of, you, you know, your army career and the discipline um, and the PT training that's <clears throat> maybe predisposed you more to, to you know, your attitude to running now? Or are there any kind of transferable skills which you picked up from the army which kind of allow you to perform? Or do you think that the two things are entirely separate? Um, there'll be definitely things that are rubbed off in the army I'm sure I think I had that discipline beforehand um, and maybe the army's just kind of honed that or refined it a bit more but I think that the main takeaway from the army probably most of the armed force in general is just that ability just to get on with something um, and just like, for example, Felwyn, you, you can't change your conditions. If you've got to do something, if you've got to do a race, you go and do the race, don't you? You know, it's, there's no point getting humping about it and, and thinking it's, you know, it's um, a reason to, to not give it your all. If it's raining a bit or if it's too hot or, or, or whatever, then um, I guess it's just that ability to, yeah, just to get on with it and see it for what it is. You know, you can, you can just put on more layers or you can just take on more water or you, you can, adapt to stuff a bit, bit bit easier once you kind of once you've done it in the past and i suppose the army kind of <laughs> um exposed you to that to that need to adapt all the time you know i, I remember um so i went to sanders and i remember we almost weren't allowed to put our waterproofs on when it was raining so, <laughs> so you just sat there and just got wet and it's like well this i've, I've got them in my bag <laughs> why can't I put them on? And it's just this sort of, and then you, you just get used to it and you think, actually, you know, I'm wet. So what, you know, I'm, I'm alive and that's, <laughs> and yeah. that's it. Just kind of keep going with it. And I suppose it's that mentality that, that everyone's got, but you don't realize you've got it until, until you're forced to kind of use it, I guess. And, no, I think, I think that can be, I can see how that can be. Yeah. Hugely important in, in any aspect of running, whether it's like, you know, a short, a short jog on a night, I know after work, like we've just said, these these next couple of weeks when it's going to be a bit more grim going out, or yeah, when you're absolutely redlining on a huge, uh, a huge long run like you're doing, like yeah, just get on with it. You can't do anything else other than stop or just get through it, I guess. So yeah, mm. yeah, massive. Did you um, say you're down at Sandhurst? Did you do much running whilst you were down there? Because weirdly, my brother lives just outside of Camberley, and whenever I go down, I always go running in Swinley Forest. At yeah, the back yeah, of yeah. Sanders. There's some really good little trails in there, to be fair. Considering you, you wouldn't really expect there to be some good running down there, but it is pretty wicked. No, yeah, it was good. Yeah, they've got lots of um, sort of really sandy plantations, haven't they? Yeah. Like woodland bits. Yeah, so we used to do a lot of like, orienteering stuff around there. Um, but I, I never got the chance to sort of run for fun around there while we're down there, unfortunately. It was all just, um, yeah, I, I ran for the, for the army team cross country, but that wasn't till, till the last couple of years, really. Um, and you know, Sandos has got some some clubs that you're allowed to do from sort of your your second and third term um, on a Wednesday afternoon. But that was generally just you know, we just ran around the the back area pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so I remember really the, uh, the f- I think the first time I went down there to see my brother, he played rugby at Camberley Rugby Club, which is sort of the small town where Sandhurst is based. And he lived in Bagshot, a little village just down the way. And I was like, yeah. oh, he's got training. I'll run from his house through the woods over to Camberley Rugby Club. Simples. I stupidly hadn't realised Sandhurst was even there because it, why would it be? 
So I ran through the woods. I was getting bored. There's loads of mountain bike trails in there and I was getting bored of running around and getting nearly run over by a mountain bike. So I started picking up a few trods through the woods and I saw this really weird concrete building with bullet holes and yellow chevrons on it. I was like, Jesus, the South is really odd, isn't it? Like, this is really weird. It's like, this is a dodgy neighborhood. And I carried on going. There was like, there's tent, there's tank tracks there. And literally next thing I know, I was pretty much on the firing range. And until some stern man came over to me with a rifle saying, excuse me, mate, <laughs> don't yeah. think you're supposed to be here. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I can see that happening, definitely. Sure. Yeah, I, I thought it was just like, yeah, I thought the South was really quite nasty. Yeah, everyone always says the Northerners are friendly. I was like, God, they're horrible down here. <laughs> Get <laughs> yeah, off my <laughs> land. <laughs> so I know you said you're going to have like a little bit more time off, George, and then, you know, start start going again. Mm. I guess I guess we're all struggling at the minute to try and oh I mean I'm certainly struggling just to try and figure out what I'm going to do next how to how to plan my training what what races are are going to happen or what races are going to be cancelled do yeah, you oh, yeah. you know what's your approach for the next couple of months because you've you're obviously in in good shape I know you said you were getting in shape for trials and stuff like that you probably had a had a, a rough plan of where you wanted the year to go how are you how are you approaching things now um it's I mean it's you got to kind of train as if as if it's going to be normal next year i guess um so you know and if not then at least you've got some sort of fitness there so i'm thinking about i mean i guess the first race next year that i'll be looking at would be like yorkshire three peaks um nice kind of a a go around that and yeah i mean when's that end of april yeah um so i guess just yeah sort of train normally this time of year would be looking at cross country um, that won't be happening until, well, probably won't happen until, until this time next year, pretty much. So, um, train for it anyway, or, or that sort of training. Um, just sort of pick up leg speed again, because then you lose it on the fells, don't you? Um, so yeah, so get get a bit of speed back in the legs, and and hope there's some racing next year. Um, with the with the aim of yeah, the first sort of target race being being Yorkshire Three Peaks. Is that a race you've you've had a punt out on before, then, George, or is that is that going to be your your first first dig, um, yeah. First first time racing, I've, I've run around it once twice. Um, um, but yeah, it yeah, it's just quite. It seems quite nice. I quite like it. Yeah, it looks. Um, Jamie loves it. Ja- Jamie hates I it. it. It's terrible. <laughs> really? Why? Yeah, what's, yeah. what's what's bad? What's the worst bit? All of it. When you start. And then it's essentially, yeah, all the all the bit from the start to the finish. That's just, oh, like... yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a long old way, isn't it? Flipping out. And I know they should very they should, runnable. They should give it away in the title that it's going to be a long race or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just very fast, isn't it? I think. Well, not, maybe not when you when you're running it, but it feels like you should be running all of it. I remember yeah. going around it the first time and just thinking. Yeah, I can't. You can't really relax almost. I I got carried away. I think um, just uh, yeah. I think I felt good. I got carried away. Got the first climb out, and I was like, "Yeah, wicked! I'm gonna smash this." And that was a terrible idea. And I was just knackered. And yeah, it's, it's not a, not a good race to do when you've just blown up at the start. And um, oh. you pay for it. But I'm I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll do really well because obviously you're. A, much much stronger athlete than than uh, than I was when I attempted it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think it affects everyone, doesn't it? You know, like that climb at one side. Obviously, you when you wreck it, you've got to do the long way around. So yeah. it may add, you know, shave ten minutes off, or whatever, or fifteen minutes off going up the short way. But it's just that descent off one side that goes on forever. 
So you yeah. get that hub, don't you? And then go, is it Ingleborough's last one? Yeah. And then, yeah, Ingleborough, yeah. my man. And then Ingleborough's like climbing a wall, going up that little waterfall bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I can, I think I'd maybe come around to doing it again in a couple of years time, but <laughs> I can, I can see why it would be and why it is obviously such a good run and how it can be such a good race. And I think, yeah, it is. It is a really good race because it is so hard. It's got like so many interesting like features going on. It's not just all climbing. There is some fast running on it. There's some awesome like, yeah, it's it's a real good mix of stuff. But yeah, if you're not ready for it, it's really going to show you up. <laughs> Jamie, could we take inspiration from George's first bell race and uh, I'll have a big Jamie, your shit banner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. Funny enough, George, that's actually what my my other half basically shouts at me at pretty much every race I ever go to is "Don't be shit." Don't that's, be shit. That's 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 generally that's the kind of feedback I need is "Don't be shit." Not <laughs> you're doing well. Keep going. Oh, that doesn't no, help uh, me. It doesn't help me at all. So Emma's just there good. screaming, "Don't be shit." Yeah. Not right. Okay. I, so, I I think I respond much better to that sort of stuff than yeah. like when people say to you. Um, well done, keep going. It's like, well, I'm not going to stop, am I? I'm not just going to stop now that you said keep going. Or if you hadn't <laughs> said that, I would have just piled in. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. It's part of that knobhead thing that comes out when you're racing, I think. You just like, oh, yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cheers, yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cheers, nice one, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. just going to get a torrent of abuse now from any, anyone who... <laughs> uh, uh, that's George Foster. That's yeah. George Foster. <laughs> 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 Aren't you a prick? <laughs> yeah. We'll do a special edition of the podcast where we live stream us and anyone that listens to it just waiting for <laughs> top of Ingleborough somewhere, just chucking abuse at you and not handing you gels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Prima donna, eh? Oh. Well, actually, Jamie, I'm going to call you out here. I'm going to say I, I will help cover your race fee for next year for Three Peaks. I think you need to scratch that itch. Get Shall that monkey off your yeah. back and get yourself back out there, mate. I know it's been something that you've been like, oh, I don't want to do it again for quite a while, but I think you just need to. Gives you something strange. You need well. to. You need to stop being shit and just go and do it. <laughs> <laughs> all, all joking aside, I don't know if I'll get an entry this year because I think I, I don't know if they're rolling over the people that had entries from last mm. year because they got cancelled. Um, yeah. Sounds yeah. like an excuse to me, mate. You sound like I mean, a beaten like, man honestly, already. No, no, fair enough. Like right now, if it was. If they said the race was going to happen, I could get a space. I'd take it just for the opportunity to actually yep. go and do something because I've had enough stuff be binned off. Like I'd go and do a hundred meter sprints if something was just going to actually happen. There'll there'll be people that'll drop out as, as there normally is. Yeah, so there'll, there'll be spaces. I'd, I'd yeah. get your name in the app. Definitely. And if you are, are you getting your excuses podcast? in early, George? Is that it? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm all being well. I'll be there, but. Um, but if yeah. not, you'll be the first name I'll uh, I'll pass forward if I have to drop out. Don't worry, you're gonna have my spot. <laughs> Great. <laughs> if there are if there are any listeners who had a place um, and are thinking <laughs> of dropping out, please do contact the podcast via Twitter or Instagram. Give Jamie a place. Can't do the race. <laughs> okay. I I can see why people don't like it. Definitely. I mean, I I, I thought before a. Ran around it that it wouldn't it wouldn't be for me. It's not a it's not a proper fell race. I wouldn't I wouldn't say in in a, you know in the, the sort of Leyland classic definition of it. You know, like a was or any other or anything like that. But um, I think it's something to do, isn't it? Definitely, you know, one of them sort of famous ones in the, in the UK to to have done, whether you enjoy it or not. <laughs>
<laughs> I hope they use that quote on their promotional literature. <laughs> you after three peaks, something to do. <laughs> there you go, yeah. It's quite, it's quite a Yorkshire way of selling something, to be fair. I think it would work quite well. There you go, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> it's it's all right. <laughs> George, what do you teach? Uh, geography. Ah, oh, fantastic. Good. Yeah, so. Tell all the kids yeah. going on a podcast. <laughs> No, I won't. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, a couple of them found out I'd done the um, done the round. Actually, they were quite nice about it, which is which is good. But it was, you know, it's, it's cool. I've got some um, got a lad in year eight who came up and went, "Oh, so he, he did the Bob Graham like nice one." And I was like, "Oh, thank you." Know, it's like, yeah. "Cheers, like, do, do you run?" He was like, "Yeah, yeah, I run. I run a bit. Run for one of the local clubs around here." And it's like, "Oh, dead on. I can have some crack with someone in my class now. Just you know, chat to him about running through it." And it's um, yeah, it's cool. So hopefully, you know. He'll, um, the risks are big headed. Hopefully, it will kind of inspire him to do some more, you know, and, and oh, you know, that could be impetus for him doing it. You know, yeah. he, he could be the guy that breaks Gillian's record, you know, um, you know, in 10 years' time. Yeah, what's his name? I'm going to put, I'm going to get out of Lagbrooks tomorrow morning and put a, put a fiver on. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, 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 I don't want to heap too much pressure on the lads. It'll be good. <laughs> no, but it's, I think, I think that actually sums this year up, like you say, is actually there's, there's kids out there and people out there that wouldn't perhaps in previous years necessarily have heard of you doing the round or some of the incredible records that have happened this year. And I think yeah. if one thing that this year has done is, is it's got more people out doing those rounds and doing those FKT attempts and stuff, but it also seems to have sort of brought it not to the kind of the mainstream media, but at least to the wider athletic audience out there. There's definitely a lot more people that know of the Bob and mm. these kind of events that are going on more so than in the past. You know, I've got a lot of friends who are very sporty. They're into cycling and all the rest of it and don't know who Kylian John is. But all of a sudden they know, they've heard of your name, they've heard of Kim's name, you know. Um, mm. All of a sudden it's, it's yeah, if nothing else, it's kind of opened the world of fell running in this this kind of weird world that we all love so much, actually opened up a little bit, which I think is a good thing. I think there's probably a few people in the fell running world um, of the bygone age that don't like the fact that people are talking about it. But I think it personally, I think it's quite a nice thing, isn't it? Yeah. I, I can understand the, um, the, the worry potentially of, of, you know, I mean, even, even going around to Bob Graham, I, I did it the first time in 2015, I think it was or 2016. And going around it again now, like only record it over, over four days or whatever before doing it again. But, um, the trods are just compared to even five years ago. They're, you know, mm. in fell running terms, it's a, it's a it's a racetrack pretty much now. You know, um, and that, that's that's the worry, I guess, is that you know you're going to get um, you're going to get that popularity that comes to it, and you know, and and makes it potentially worse in that respect. You know, and erosion issues, etc., and, and you know, making it into something that's just something you go and do rather than have to build up towards and, and respect and you know you don't just take it for granted that you're going to get around it let alone get around it in a fast enough time or whatever yeah um, so that, that that's that's the worry isn't it that sort of thing but but at the same time you've got people out and about you know not fighting about on xboxes or whatever and going out and enjoying enjoying the day and having a having an experience having a good time you know and having a run with the mates or or by himself and, and learning navigate uh, like mountain craft navigation that sort of stuff mm. and yeah i think it's yeah. 
it can it's, only be a good thing as well. It's, it's an interesting debate, really. I say I know, well, obviously, we're all based in Sheffield, and the Sheffield Council have given themselves the tagline of the outdoor city because we've got the Peak Districts within the city limits, essentially, and it's getting everyone out there. But it's it's a fine line between getting everyone out there but educating them on certain things like, like say, sort of path erosion and, and all the rest of it. It's kind of that fine line of getting people out there and getting them fit but also kind of trying to educate them at the same time to make sure that it's everything's usable for for as long as possible and for as many people yeah. as possible. It's yeah, exactly that. It's yeah. it's that it's that treading that fine line, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. It, it, the, the whole education piece is is the most important thing. You know, you see it see it up in the Lake District, and you've probably seen it down in the Peak District of just people that wouldn't normally be coming up to these places or across these places, you know, and and don't understand necessarily how to how to treat that place. Um, and just assume that if you if you leave litter next to Durham Water or, or Buttermere or whatever, that it's going to get picked up by someone. But you know, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you you should be responsible for your own stuff. And it's it's just that re-education sort of sort of piece. You just let people know that that's not the way it's done. Um, and 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 kind of being mindful of the fact that it's not it's not willful ignorance. Sometimes maybe it is, but it's just ignorance in in a nice sense of the word. You know, they, they just don't know any better. And it's not their fault that, that, you know, it's the first time visiting these places. You just need to have a bit of patience with them. And that's hard, flipping out. But, um, you know, it's you just got to have that in the back of your mind that the place isn't, it's not exclusively for locals. It's not exclusively for, for tourists. It's for everyone to enjoy. And you just, if you live in these places, you're just lucky enough to live in these places. That's the only difference. Um, if other people wanted to live there or, or could afford to live there or had work to live, you know, to be able to live there, then I'm sure they would. But, you know, some people or most people don't. So it's just having that in the back of your head, really, and remembering it. But but it is frustrating, you know, when you go for a run and run past an abandoned tent and you just think, you know, flipping it, another one. But, yeah, yeah. I know there was there was one runner. I can't remember who it was. A local runner in Sheffield who took to wearing a race number on his vest on a Sunday night, Sunday sort of afternoon normal run, just to c- clear the ramblers out of the way. He found that if he just went for a run, they were all in his way. So he'd wear a race number on his vest. And everyone would go, oh, oh, he's doing a race, and give, give him the whole, well done, you're doing well. That's a great everyone idea. would just clear, and it was. I was like, that's a bloody great idea. Yeah, I'll try that then. Yeah, I, yeah. I was, I was moaning to my dad a bit because I went out for a run on Sunday, and I think the new tier three lockdown, um, lots of people are you know staying well within the within the South Yorkshire, and exactly as we've been asked to do, but it meant that that the footpaths. Just just around here, we were absolutely rammed, and I was, I was saying to my dad, like I just had to keep stopping and starting and stopping and starting. So dad didn't suggest wearing a race number; he suggested wearing a bell. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's like get one of those little uh, animal bells that dogs wear. So you're just running on the trail, and people can hear you come in, and they'll move out of the way. And I was like, <laughs> well, like a leper. <laughs> just seems a bit extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Take a klaxon just to blow it as you come up behind. Yeah. Me. yeah. Yeah, if anyone's got any good ideas to clear people as you come through, yeah, I think race number's quite a good one. But I think Martin Rescue would be pretty busy. Better klaxon, all the old folk piling in. <laughs> <laughs> We've got six cardiac arrests. Like. <laughs> it's an awkward moment, isn't it, when you're when you're overtaking someone, they just don't they just don't hear you coming, and you're like, do I shout? No, that's come too close now. Or... Yeah. yeah, I'm glad it's not. I'm crap at that. I'm so bad at that. Just kind of. Yeah. You just try and you're trying to be polite, and you try and just squeeze past them a bit, and you end up just badging them or whatever, and just like oh, you know, and then you're gone. It's like, uh... yeah, I hate that. Even when 
even when I run past someone, and I think it's more of a state of my, my kind of lack of fitness, but I'm usually breathing pretty heavily. And even when I say thank you, when you're saying it as you're climbing a hill, it's thank you. It sounds, it sounds like, oh, yeah, no, I, didn't, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> the worst is a walker with headphones who's walking the direction you're running. So they, they don't know you're coming. You're just, you're just slowly like, closing in on them. You don't know whether to shout, don't know whether to throw something at them. I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> the next okay. minute, poor lady just by herself and then suddenly the person darting past yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah oh man i'm i'm, I'm really glad it's not just me because I, I i scuff my feet sometimes and just try and you know, like, make them hear that and then oh it's just awkward isn't it it's not as i often often what i normally do is clear my throat but obviously at the moment that's like the biggest taboo in the world <laughs> yeah, so yeah don't do that that's normally one of my tricks is a little <clears throat> but yeah don't do that at the moment well i suppose they'd move you know yeah. oh yeah yeah <laughs> they'd move fast as well wouldn't they i suppose yeah. <laughs> To be honest, George, I say I say we, I don't want to hold you for too much longer anyway. And uh, yeah, but thank you obviously for coming on. Um, no, we really appreciate it. I know you've probably been pulled from pillar to post, and since every Tom, Dick, and Harry has started a podcast during lockdown, it's been nice to be honest. It's like, like the whole thing wanted to be low key, so I didn't tell anyone apart from like my wife and then the people that were helping out on the on the actual legs, and that was it. And then when I got back to Moot Hall, it was just them that it turned out. So it was just quite nice. You know, that's didn't want it to be a thing that it you know to make it into something that's not you know it's just yeah. a just a run at the end of the day isn't it i guess this is it it's just a big day my yeah. last question is will you do a bob graham again <laughs> no way no i'll i'll 100 help out people you know 100 yeah. that's the whole point of it isn't it but no just not not bothered about it. i mean yeah so someone was asking about like could you have gone faster and i think on the day i couldn't have gone faster but um maybe in more sort of summer conditions, you know, where it wasn't quite so boggy, you could maybe get a few minutes here or there, but yeah, yeah. what's the point? <laughs> are you now Are you now worried that when you go to places like the Three Peaks and do other events, all of a sudden your name has a bit more weight behind it? You know, obviously, <laughs> obviously, and I say I've known of you for a number of years and, you know, like you say, people know of people, but I suppose now you're the new British record holder and stuff, but you know, you, I said, not worried is the probably the wrong word, but is that kind of in your consciousness now that people are thinking, Oh, he's turning up. He's one for one to chase down or. I I guess, I guess, I guess maybe realistically it would be, but I I don't, I genuinely don't see how it would be ahead of any other names. You know, like your cowbells, Rick Lightfoot, Mm -hmm. Ben Townsend, so on, so on, so on. You know, there's, there's, there's people, if, yeah, there's, there's people ahead of you, you know. Yeah. There's always someone faster than you. That's the thing. So, you know, th- those guys, I'd maybe maybe back myself to give them a race. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't, yeah, I don't think it's going to be like the dawn of, you know, being the next <laughs> Dillian Journey of the UK or anything like that. <laughs> um, no, no. But, um, no, it's, like, you don't, yeah, you don't do it for the recognition, do you? No, you don't. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And like you said, I think we I think we've all found over this past sort of forty five minutes or so that you obviously do it for the love of it and the process and getting out there and enjoying the hills and stuff. And I think I, I think that's a seems to be a um a trait shared by pretty much everyone we've spoken to through this series of doing the podcast of people like Kim and and, and loads of others is is it's 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 the love of it that seems to drive most people into doing great things. It's not necessarily a um, an ego thing, um, trying to be the best. 
it's trying to be the best that they can be. Yeah, um, you, and if, you, and if you, success you, comes you, from that, then great. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, I think you have been very modest about it, and that's been it's been really nice hearing about it. I think some people. I don't know that some mad people might even listen to this podcast hoping to learn something. So is there any, <laughs> is there anything, any sort of beginner's tips almost the things that you think have helped to your success? Are there things that you value highly as a runner that you, you know, are, are you high about, are you, do you think a lot about your diet or do you think a lot about, are there things that you think are most important, I suppose, over, cause you've, you've, You've seen good progress in yourself over a few years. Is there anything that you really think, you know, if I was starting out right now, is there something I really need to get into my head that, you know, is going to keep me or improving as a runner? Um, yeah, I think there's, yeah, just while you're asking, I think there's probably three things that come to mind. I think consistency is a is a good thing. Just get out and, and run, you know, like you, you'll see improvements. I think if you want to see longevity of improvements then you've got to start having a more of a more of a um a structure to your, to your training but i think just consistently getting out running um even if it's 40 minutes or half an hour or whatever just get into that sort of that routine i guess of, of running and then build off that you know and get more into the sort of structure if you find you're really enjoying it um th- probably the next next sort of thing would just be links into that just like trust the process i know it's <laughs> like one of them blues guy thinking sort of crap taglines but just yeah trust the pro like you you'll get you'll get better you know you, you will you will see improvements they might not always be drastic you know you might be on a little bit of a plateau but just keep plugging away change things up but keep that consistency um and rather than get like frustrated that your progress isn't quick enough and back yeah off. just just like change it up rather than just see it like if you if you're on a consistent plateau for a couple of months then you you're probably doing something not quite right so you need to change and stress your body in a different way and, and adapt you know get better through adaptation and so i guess it's yeah just recognize when you're on a plateau you know if you find that you're just not feeling like you're improving just have a look chat with the people change something up you might do it at a different session or if you're just doing speed 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 for six months of course you're going to plateau because you've, you've not added anything to it you, your body's used to that that session you're doing if you, if that's your go-to session then your body gets used to it and, and you're not going to see improvements because because you've adapted already so you, you're not stressing it um and i think just i kind of i struggled with with diet um probably quite a bit really just I had that mindset that you, you lose weight and that's why you're better you or you can get fixated on on light is right type thing and you know the the whole thing of the lighter you are the better you are but really you'll get to a natural sort of weight just from running anyway and then just maintain it you, you've got to you've got to feed yourself haven't you and you've got to look after yourself and that's recovery is is you know is a, a big thing to tie into consistency and being able to train well and and perform well I suppose is just you've got to look after everything it's not just the running side of things it's everything and being mindful of of how you're fueling yourself you know it's, yeah. it's probably you know you could turn on any sort of running podcast or sports science podcast and they'll be saying the same sort of thing so it's nothing yeah nothing new but it's just what brought it home to me is that if it can happen to to someone like myself or whatever then it can happen to 
to other people. And if it happens to the elite runners, then it can happen to me. And if it happened to me, it happens to elite runners. And so, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't matter what level you're at or what stage you're at, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're 5k part run is your, your main event for the week or whether you're running some of these, you know, like 120 mile a week on the roads, whatever marathon training, then it doesn't matter anywhere within that spectrum. You've got to make sure that you're looking after yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know obviously that's something that you've, you've kind of suffered with a little bit in the past. Um, and I know it's something we've not really covered in the podcast today. Um, but if, I guess if people do want to kind of hear a bit more about that avenue, I was reading about it. I'll, I'll do a little plug, um, on fun, fell run like a girl, obviously did a bit of a chat with you and talked a bit about that in terms of fueling for the training you're doing and, you know, light necessarily isn't the best way of doing things. So I definitely recommend to listeners out there. If it, I think it's through on Twitter as well, but if you give it a bit of a Google, they'll, they'll find a piece on it. So it's an interesting little read. And it's, I think it's in any endurance, but I think it, like you say, it's, a, it's something that people can just fall into, not necessarily by obsessing about it, but you just over time can naturally kind of drift into that, can't you? So I think it's something a lot of people need to be aware of most definitely. Yeah, it's just, you know, and, and people will give you advice that even meaning to, to influence your thoughts but it's things like oh what, what's your race weight and all that sort of stuff it's like well it's the, the weight you race at you know it's not it's not a specific number it shouldn't necessarily be a specific number yeah it's just whatever it is you are on that day as long as you're not you know you, obviously the lighty if you're if you're super heavy you're not going to be running quite as fast up, up up a hill you know power to weight does come into it but at the same time you need to be strong enough to get up the thing as well so yeah, no, no, completely. I think, I think it's something I had. Oh, it's been about six or so years ago. I was doing a lot of tri racing, and I had a year where that was my thing. I needed to lose weight. I'm quite a solid, solid bloke, and especially on the run, I was losing time to these little racing snakes. So I was like, right, okay, I need to lose weight. I think I got myself down to sort of 72, 73 kilos, which for me is not good. And in my head, I was racing the fastest I've ever raced, and then the year after. I stopped concentrating on it and got back in the gym doing a bit of S and C and stuff. And I was 78 kilos and I was way, way faster and much happier. Yeah. Um, and it, that was think for me really hit home that I'm never going to be a light racing snake. So, you know, you've really got to concentrate on other things. And like you say, your race weight is, is what it is. It's not a number. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's definitely a little take home thing is obviously like you say, losing a bit of losing a bit of um, weight around the midriff is not going to, not going to do any harm but yeah i don't think it should be a the be all and end all for people no it shouldn't be obsessive definitely no 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 definitely not good stuff anyway george we'll um we'll let you go um thank you so much much for coming on mate i we know we really do appreciate it and i know ironically it's been quite hard getting you on because we're all um busy and trying to sort out our times more more so than you so you've been very accommodating to us i know it was a i think it was an instagram conversation this morning when we finally nailed down a time That's so it, yeah, yeah. thank no, you for bearing with us I know. Um, no, th- thanks very much for for being interested really and yeah for for having us on it's been been good to chat yeah, yeah well well i'll tell you what let's let's pencil in another podcast episode at the start of may next year the week <laughs> after yorkshire three peaks the showdown of George Foster and Jamie Rutherford. Um, I'm predicting a crash and burn for Rutherford. Um, but yeah, it'll definitely be, it'd be great if you would next year at some point, mate. We'll, we'd love to have you back on and have a bit of a brief chat and, and see what yeah, you're up to yeah, next yeah, year. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to see, see what we're talking about then. You know, if, yeah. if things have gone, if we have got races to talk about. We're just, yeah. Good stuff. Anyway, cheers, mate. Thank you very much for Amazon. Enjoy the rest of your half-term holiday. Enjoy cheers, the yeah. rain and uh, yeah. Have have a good, uh, yeah, good rest of your week.
Nice one. Thanks very much. See you again. Cheers, mate. What a top bloke. Yeah, lovely guy. What a top bloke. I, um, I'm just really happy that the, uh, the don't be shit came in. I say that's been, I know Charlie and has screamed at you a few times at, at Sheffield Half Marathon. I'm, I'm just glad that an actual good athlete has that kind of same mentality as me, which is quite nice. Emma screamed it at me outside of races, I think. Oh, nice, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you to say that in front of her, because I know full well you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to what Charlie said about you. <laughs> that reminds me, actually, Ali. How's your, um, how's your stomach? It recovered. Yeah, it has actually. I got a text off Rach actually after dropping that into the last episode of um, having the runs after coming around to yours for dinner. I did feel a bit bad, um, but genuinely, I I had the I, I was feeling a bit dodgy. We, so for the listeners, we I went for a walk with Bart and his lovely other half and my other half Emma, and Bart bonked on the walk and nearly passed out and nearly threw up. And the whole time I was trying not to shit myself, but I didn't let anyone know. So it was, <laughs> really went round for like a five minute walk, really, didn't we? <laughs> uh, it was a little one. It, yeah, it was. But yeah, I'm fine now. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I feel good. When you said about dropping it in earlier, I thought we were talking about a sample. <laughs> <laughs> Once, once again, Jamie leaves the record and it, <laughs> it all turns to pot. Sorry, um, Jamie. I'm going to have to shoot off, boys. All right, mate. Yeah, Bart, can you sort out your dial-up? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, seriously, man, it's, it is like... Maybe a microphone. <laughs> there was a bit where I thought, you, I thought you saw a ghost, but I think it just froze. <laughs> See you later, guys. See you later, mate. See you later. I like how I, I, I wave. It's a great thing That's for the it. podcast. It? I think this is dangerous, actually. We're still recording and they've left us unattended, Charlie. Ah, oh, fantastic. It's good fun, isn't it? Anyway, how's your week been? It's been lovely, mate. It's good been lovely. Uh, yeah. What, 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 I've, done, I've done two runs. I've done a gym session. I'm back in the gym. Nice. What were you doing? Yeah. Were you doing like the, the big gun stuff? Big gun stuff. I was squatting. Five. Nice. Five sets of five. Got a little hundred kg on my back. Um, I um, I've started doing a bit of S and C because now I'm sort of doing a bit more cycling. I always concentrate a bit more. I did. I had leg day last Friday, and yeah. I got a bit excited because all the bigger boys were in the weight section of the gym, and I got all excited. So I was I was doing did a bit of leg press, did some deadlifts, and then I was doing like a split squat. Yeah, but. I got really excited and did a weight that I shouldn't really have been doing. (laughs) And my hamstrings have been horrendous. um, (laughs) On the Saturday nights, the day after, we lit the fire because the weather is rubbish at the moment. So we lit the fire and I went to go and poke the fire and nearly collapsed into the fire. It's just, yeah. So don't go to the gym, kids. Or go to the gym, just don't play up to the bigger boys pretending you're stronger than you are. That's what I did. Oh, so yeah. how many days was the fire from the, the leg session? Oh, that was day after. That was like prime Dom Central. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, and that Dom's lasted for th- at least three or four days. It wasn't good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've not been since. I think that, that's kind of ruined my gym sessions. It's a good effort, though.
I'm enjoying the gym. I do enjoy the gym, to be fair. And it's something I always try and do, especially with kind of my run injuries I've had in the past um, with my ankle and stuff. It's something I always try and do. So I think it's what we were talking about while I was on a run, when we were talking about mm. like knowing knowing all the, the things an elite runner does and then trying to do them all <laughs> around a job and a, a social life. And like, <laughs> it's, yeah. I enjoy I enjoy the gym. Definitely enjoy it. I just like I've got to get it into my head that it's all right to just go in and do two exercises. Well, like I don't have to do like a full hours session for it to have like you know. I think if I've squatted twice a week, that's better than zero squats. Mm. So like that's all right, isn't it? Well done. Like don't don't go. Oh, I didn't do an hour's legs twice a week. Like you know. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what did me actually on the old uh, split squat. It was, I've only got half an hour between coming home from work and mm. Emma and I have just got a puppy. So I was going to come home to an absolute state of a house. So I was like, I've got half an hour. So rather than doing, you know, five sets of five, I just did two sets of eight as heavy as I could possibly do. Because um, obviously that's the right thing to do. And I did sweet FA of a warm up. So my <laughs> legs were cold. So it was just a pure recipe for disaster. As soon as I got home, I was like, you absolute moron. You're thick. You're thick and stupid. So I deserved it. The dog didn't didn't deserve you saying that to it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. we've called him thick, actually, so it's all right. Yeah. (laughs) No, we've not. He's Monty. He's downstairs now, asleep in front of the fire. And he's stopped weeing everywhere so far. So that's good. Oh, well done. Yeah. That's, That's a lovely... That, that may, may be a lovely end to the podcast. Is... I think that's it. On the thought of a lovely little Cocker Spaniel puppy asleep by a fire, I think we'll call it there. Yeah, pop a little photo of them. On. I, no, actually, we want to we we advertise our, our guest. But yeah, maybe a little, you know, this, this podcast is brought to you with cute puppy. Yeah, puppy spam. We'll put puppy spam in there. It might get some more numbers on the, um, on the, uh, on the Spotify and stuff. Shamedly, I was once fundraising for a marathon, and there were, and I, I was away at the time, and there were two really cute puppies. So I, I was getting close to my target, but not close enough. So I just put, "Please sponsor me, or the puppy get it." <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps that's it. Listen to the end of the episode, or the puppy gets it. I think that's it. Anyway, actually, quickly talking of end of episodes. Yeah, the last episode. Listeners, if you haven't listened to it with um, the very average guest of Charlie Baker, I know some people, when Jamie does his wonderful sign-offs, probably just cut out there and stop listening. But please go back to the end of last week's episode and listen to the new outro. We, I say we, Jamie recorded the Charlie Baker song. Um, Thanks that too, Jamie. My mum really liked it. And I want to get it to Christmas number one. So... Have a listen. Jamie is an absolute legend. I know he's listening to this now whilst he's doing the edit, so he's probably getting big-headed, but it's an absolute stonker. So if you didn't listen to it, have a listen. Um, and actually, I'll tell you what, Jamie, slide it in now. So we're not going to have the normal outro music. Um, we'll just have a lovely fade to the Charlie Baker song. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thank you to George again for coming on. And, um, yeah, we'll speak to you all soon.
Don't want that. He's Charlie Baker, Charlie Charlie Baker. 